What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into Hit That Line. I'm your host, Zach Barry. The Rivalry Week Edition, Week 13. Austin Gray, Ben Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr, all here. Legal Gambling Council present and accounted for. Gentlemen, a little bit earlier in the week, but the Rebs have a short week and we've got a holiday. So welcome in. Good evening. Happy Egg Bowl Week to those who celebrate. Yeah, it's nice having a bye last week. That was uh, a lot of fun. I got to watch, watch a lot of football and, uh, you know, rest a little bit. I um, I am of the opinion that the Egg Bowl should not be on Thanksgiving. Maybe a hot take. I hate it. I hate it. Get it over with. Yeah, but. There's like a handful of people thing. who like, like all of Mississippi State likes it. And then Nick and his friends like it. Everybody else <laughs> does. That's so untrue. You covered it when you said all of state likes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they already eat with TV trays, you know, already. So um, I'll say this. It's nice when Ole Miss wins. Because then it's games already out of the way. You can watch Friday, yep, exactly. Saturday, but I still just would rather it not be on the holiday. I'm not going to point the finger, but it does appear as though for those attending the game, they like it on Thursday. For those watching <clears throat> from their house in the, our state's capital, they like it on Saturday. I, uh, well, I'm, I sorry, I'm, not, I'm sorry I'm not, not trekking down to uh, – Starkville, yeah. Mississippi on Thanksgiving. And my yeah. daughter's second birthday. Is that oh, right? Happy birthday. Her birthday Thursday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Hey. Thanksgiving baby. So um but yeah, I I don't know. I it is like I'll say this, like it I do appreciate all the eyeballs 
Only game on TV, right? On Thursday. Is that correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is cool. Like everybody's tuning in, but I, I talked with, when I talked with David Brandt today, I was telling him, I, I think most of the national media want this game to be, you know, wacky egg bowl, like wild and crazy. And I don't think it's going to be that this year. And I think they're going to hate it. Like, yeah, they I will want, say they want a tight nail biter back and forth. You know, they, they don't want to blow up. Well, well, I mean, in, I hope in, you guys in, in right. fairness, yeah, in fairness, for so many of those early egg balls that were standalone games on Thursdays, really the only thing that the game offered was wackiness, was fights and like, you know, riots and whatever, because neither team was all that nationally relevant. I mean, there were some good teams, you know, during those early years. Playing for some Independence Bowl births. Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. But we weren't nationally relevant. Now, over the last 15 years or so, that's, you know, there have been a couple of nationally relevant games. But um, I think that's where that comes from. People want to be entertained more than they want to watch, like, good football. I think they're used to, like, the circus-like atmosphere of the game from years past. Um, Kiffin and Leach last year definitely toned it down. Yeah, I think for Leach, you know, for Leach and Kevin, it was just, it was just a game. I suspect mm. this year there will be a little more heat, though. It, there's definitely uh, like the highest percentage of, you know, like shit housery that happens in this game than other games, and I don't just necessarily mean like crazy wacky peeing in the end zone, you know, mm. guy fumbling in the end zone, missing a field, PAT, whatever. I just mean how often are there shoving matches in this particular matchup compared to other ones? I feel like it's got to be pretty high. There's like Kiffin talking to the players. There's a fight on the field in Oxford. There was a pregame fight with recruits, you know, 20 years ago. It's, it's, it's pretty high up there in terms of. A&M was chippy this year, at least on their end. It was chippy. I mean, it was. They did dude punch Argonne the balls. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And they were, they were. McKinley Jackson was yeah. McKinley Jackson was borderline dirty during that game. Oh, he was dirty. Yeah. He was dirty from my vantage point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no he wasn't the only one. There were like five or six. I mean, they yeah. were. I don't know that state it, during the game could be any chippier than than A and M. Now pregame is always chippy in that goal, but but yeah. but bef- during the game, I don't think anybody could be. I mean, that's as dirty. I think we were texting about during the game. That's as dirty as I can remember ever a game, you know, one, especially as one-sided as it was. Like, our guys were, like, looking like, what are y'all doing? You know, it was it was ridiculous, frankly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I texted y'all during the game and said, this feels like a state game. Like, a and D-line, they were late. Yeah. They were piling on every play. Um, Obviously, the shot to the nuts. McKinley Jackson was, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in state people, I'm sure somebody out there has podcasted and said that an Ole Miss player intentionally hurt Nick Fitzgerald again. Oh, God. The Nick Fitzgerald yeah. play what and the the Deuce McAllister, Wes Shivers, it's like their Zapruder, their Zapruder film. Like, they oh, yeah. to this day swear that Deuce hit Wes Shivers with a football helmet um, before the game. And what was that, 97? Yeah, 97. 90, Deuce was a freshman, whatever that was. 98, yeah. maybe? 97, 97, yeah. Again, the funniest part of the Nick Fitzgerald thing is just that defense was so bad that year. 
so bad. The idea that we could call the break the ankle play and they would successfully execute it is just hilarious. Like we struggle to just tackle people, just make a regular tackle, much less like pull an MMA move on somebody. <laughs> Man, we're, oh, I, I just, I don't, maybe they're, maybe it's chippy this year. I, I'm just not really seeing it that much. I, I don't know. I, I, it, yeah, I don't it either. Seems to me like... that the chippiest games are when, for example, 2012, the Feed Moncrief game, Ole Miss was coming off of three straight losses mm-hmm. to state and Dan Mullen running his mouth for three, three solid years, 09, 10, and 11. That had built up into something that, so that pregame, I mean, it was that, that stadium was a bottle rocket. But and then it was chippy in 13 and 14. And then you know, it, it, I haven't really felt that since then, not that much. I mean, I wasn't there when AJ went off and start one 17, so maybe it was at that time. I'm sure Nick was there, but I, I don't recall. I mean, the I, I, I mean, Elijah Moore's deal was crazy, but I don't remember there being a lot of fights unless, unless I just didn't notice it. Oh, it was a fight in Oxford, like what five years ago? Oh yeah, nineteen or eighteen, yeah. maybe twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah, and then didn't one of the players kind of like run up on Kiffin last year and or yeah, two years yeah. ago in Starkville, yeah. and he? Yeah. So I mean, like there hasn't been fought, but like that's that's pretty that's pretty kind of crazy, Kiffin, especially the the big fight with Corral. Kiffin like patted an Auburn guy on the butt after he gave us a free first down on the two yard <laughs> line this year in Auburn. So. I don't know that that's unique to state with him, and uh, maybe. But hey, do, don't you remember that Almer got a personal foul late hit, and Kiffin like patted the dude on the butt as he walked yeah, yeah, yeah. as he walked back to the. I was like, "Oh, dude, don't get." I'll a, say, I'll say this. Don't get penalty. Kiffin will, you know, chirp on Twitter all during the week. During the game, though, he's pretty locked in. But like, if if players chirp at him, he'll he'll chirp back. Oh yeah, like, he will. But last year with A and M, where the guy came up and started chirping at him, and Kiffin told him to lay down again and fake an injury, and um, yeah. So, I don't know if this one will be super chippy. I, I, will Rogers has kind of chirped a little bit in the rivalry, but I just don't know if this Ole Miss team has enough guys to chirp back at him to where it's worth it. Like if it's just wasted energy. Yeah, I think like, like Jackson Jackson Dart doesn't care about. Yeah, I was going to say is that most of our star players like Dart and Trey Harris and Quinchon and Dayton Wade, none of those guys are Mississippians. Bentley. Now, I, yeah, but I don't know that you have to be a Mississippian to take the rival the rivalry seriously. That's not what I'm saying, but I just think it hits different for Dante Moncrief, for Benito Jones, C.J. Johnson, for Drill Poe, C.J. Johnson, maybe maybe the best example. I think it does hit different for those dudes. Um, Again, that's not to say, I mean, I expect every guy I just mentioned to come out, you know, locked on and and ready to win the game. So I don't expect a lack of effort at all, but I do think you may get, maybe that contributes to the heat is when you've got Mississippi contributors on our side. um, And we just, we, we don't this year. Well, I, I think a little bit of a, you know, I guess devil's advocate, them beating us last year may 
spark a little bit more. Maybe not, but I would yeah, think yeah, no, that, they, I agree. that yeah. we're more focused. For example, I re- specifically remember before the 2012 game, the Feed Mine Creek game. I mean, Randall Mackey was one of the main ones on our team. That guy's from Louisiana. Louisiana, like, yeah. Run in his mouth at state pregame. I mean, people were at me. They're like, they're about to fight. I mean, the team. Yeah. It was, it like I said, it was. I mean, that that place was was hot pregame. And but state doesn't have a coach right now. I just don't see. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a different. I could again. I could have it completely mispegged. But you know, they they were just in a dog, a three and a half quarter dog fight against Southern Miss. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. They're a. 59-yard touchdown run and a pick six that was aided by a lateral mm-hmm. from being up six on one of the worst defenses in college football. Yeah, anybody that watched that game last week knows how fluky the state cover was. They probably deserved to win the game. I, I don't I don't think Southern was going to beat them outright, but it was a very fluky if, cover. If Southern had a decent quarterback, it would have been tight. Mm-hmm. because Frank Gore Jr. can run and they had a plan offensively and put up points, but they just, you know, those, those third and mediums, third and longs, when you, when you can't run Gore, they just couldn't convert them. And, you know, state gets the, <clears throat> you know, and I guess you could say, well, Southern had the kickoff return for a touchdown. Sure. But yeah, the pick six that was aided, you know, was it Jet Johnson mm-hmm. picks it picks it off, and then as he's getting tackled, laterals it to somebody. Um, I, I mean, again, you, you, it doesn't matter how it unfolded. You're only up six midway through the fourth on Southern Miss. Yeah, Southern I mean, had three turnovers just, too, man. I mean, I, you know, it. Well, they're part of the game, dude, just like kick returns are. But yeah, um, I mean, far talking, from dominant. Yeah. Well, talking with David Brandt today, you know, he lives out in Arizona and, you know, I told him, I was like, man, how, Jed Fish and them have got to just be punching themselves in the face every day for losing that Mississippi State game. Playing the wrong quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, had him in overtime. I mean, had the first down. If Delara just extends his arm, you know, two inches, it's a first down. And then who knows yeah. what happens. But, um, I don't know. We've, we've, we, let's get into the game. Let's get into some analysis here and break down the game. Um, we've talked about it plenty. I was talking to our buddy, Gray Hardison over at Red Cup Rebellion about it. And he went through the, you know, kind of the schedule, went through the results for state. And, you know, he pointed out, even with the healthy Will Rogers, this offense has just been brutally, just, just brutally pathetic. I mean, this offense, there's no rhythm. There's no continuity with skill players. The O-line is bad. Jaquavius Marks is banged up. I'm pretty sure he's going to give it a go, but there's no chance he's 100%. Will Rogers is going to play. He's not 100%. But going through their schedule, Mississippi State scored 14 on LSU, 30 on South Carolina in a shootout, 17 against Bama, and then without Will Rogers, 7 on Arkansas, 13 on Auburn, three on Kentucky and 10 on AM. So even with Will Rogers being out, you know, after the Arkansas, you know, Arkansas game and on, 
I mean, just a terrible offense. Just I don't I know Nick is gonna come dump a Gatorade cooler or cold water on us in, in a minute, but just before we got started talking about that 2015 game where almost just had more talent. I kind of think that's how this one is right here. I, better quarterback, better skill players, better head coach, better run game. As a whole, as a unit, I think the defense is slightly better. Uh, I mean, this this almost defense is still top 10 in the country in sacks. I think that's the key here is you protect your quarterback and get after their quarterback. And I think that's where this one's won, and I think that's what Ole Miss is going to do. I think they're going to get after Will Rogers. He's already limited, and he can't move anyway. He's not a super elusive guy, and he's not in the air raid anymore. So there is no dink and dunk, get rid of it to, you know, negate a pass rush. And the offensive line is just not good. I like Ole Miss to possibly have this one at or close to out of reach by halftime. Well, you know, I do find it interesting that this, this, I guess, revival that they're trying to, to have and, and, you know, rallying cry around the quarterback that they all wanted benched six games ago. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait a minute, he wasn't good enough for you then. And now he's going to come in and be the savior in the egg bowl. I, I'm not following that, but but Zach, to add to your point, fortunately for State, their their defense has made up for their lack of offense by giving up 41 to LSU, 37 to South Carolina, 40 to <laughs> Alabama, 28 to Western Michigan, 27 to Auburn. Guys, mm. what did did Auburn score 21 against us with that late touchdown? I feel like we if we really really lined up and and played. And, and didn't just go full prevent once we went up 28-14 or whatever. I don't know that Auburn – I don't know, man. And we gave them short fields. I don't know that they scored 27 points against us in like eight quarters. That yeah, That's just a, you can, an absurd you – can, You can tell in games when Pete Golding puts it into cruise control. And it's just, you know, oh, yeah, 100% you can. It drives me know, crazy. And, 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 engage engage and, eight, keep them in front, make the tackle. And, and it is – forgive me if I'm wrong, but I thought Kentucky was, you know, very average to below that they lost that game 24-3 to just, what, three weeks ago? 51-10 mm-hmm. to 10 to A&M with a lame duck coach? I just yeah. – I don't – I don't see that now I get it. It's the Egg Bowl, throw the records out the window, whatever the adage is. We're going to get their best shot, yada, yada. Will Rogers Sr. going to play out of his mind. Um, Jaquavius Marks going to play out of his mind. Tulu Griffin, whoever it is. I I just, I don't, I I, I can't see a scenario. I mean, I guess I can see a scenario. Ole Miss turns the ball over five times or something, and the offensive line can't block State's D-line because it's injured. But, I mean, these games, it's not as if they're – knocking on the door of winning any of these SEC games. Did they win? No. They beat Arkansas. That That's Seven. that's the Seven. one that they did. But, yeah. yeah. But these other ones, they're – you know, I think – and I even think the South Carolina game was 20-17, to 17, so that was closer. But – and they went – but in Carolina won 37-30. to 30. But 
Um, I don't know, man. I, I just I can't see. I think Ole Miss covers here. And if the I line's do down to 10, by the end of it, I may have to take it as a lock. I'm not sure yet. I feel like so, I always jinx us when I lock us in, so I may not do it. So I'll I'll say this before Lawson and Nick go. If you look at any time Mississippi State played any offense with a pulse this year, they lost. Whipped by LSU 41-14. They lost by seven on the road to Spencer Rattler in South Carolina. Okay, that was a close one. Alabama lost 40-17. to And then just eat like, okay, and it will include A&M, 51-10, blown out. After that, even mediocre offensive, mediocre to bad offensive teams. Kentucky lost 24-3. Auburn, 27-13. I mean, I don't see, even with, you know, even if Will Rogers was 100%, this offense is not beating this Ole Miss team. Like his his arm, he he was already limited with yeah. his arm when he was healthy. Because I mean, he was great in the air raid. He could dink and dunk, you know, anywhere from you know four yards to twelve yards with the best of them. And then he might take a shot and throw a ball to a spot and somebody go get it. But I mean, he's not driving the football down the field in this offense, especially with the injury. So. Uh, I mean, and who's he throwing to? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you said it. His his average depth of target, even when he's perfectly healthy, is like eight yards. But against Southern Saturday, he was clearly still banged up. I, I was really surprised they had rushed him back against Southern, um, which I think speaks to just how inept they have been offensively without him. But not just not just Rodgers. Marks, their their running back was banged up too. I mean, and he got hurt again in the Southern game. Looks like it's like a hammy or ankle, knee, something. It's a lower body injury. I mean, I think both of them are very limited. That they're obviously going to play. They want to play. It's a big game. I get it, but I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to to one hundred percent effective. And even if they were, I I keep I kept trying to figure out like a comp for this game. Aren't they just like Aren't they just twenty five percent worse, Auburn? Isn't that who State is? They're just like their quarterbacks really not any better than Auburn's. Their running backs aren't better than Auburn's. Their coaches certainly at this point in the season aren't better than Auburn's. Defensively, they're kind of like Auburn on that side of the ball. Maybe State has better linebackers, but I yeah. kind of like Auburn's front. A, a, you know, just the same as I like State's. Auburn's secondary is far superior to State secondary. So. I, you know, we went on the road to Auburn. I think in the preview show, we said, we're the better football team. Just go win the game. Don't turn the ball over. Don't shrink in the moment. Don't do anything stupid on special teams. And you'll win the game because you're better than they are. I think all of that's true for, for this game. Like, is there a single position on the field where state is superior? Maybe a no. couple linebacker spots. Maybe. Not even, not even the place Are kicker. you matching the linebackers to the running backs? Because if that's the case – Oh then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Um, if those maybe, are the counterparts, I, maybe maybe I'm Mississippi State's punter is better. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Their D you lines one. better than our O line. So that's the thing that that's that's the area that worries me a little bit because I told Nick this earlier in the week. Um, people are, you know, 
I think, rightly pumped to have Williams back and healthy potentially, um, which I think Kiffin said he's going to go. And I'm afraid that Ole Miss fans are treating that as if it's a, a magic bullet when Williams haven't hasn't been able to play this year. Like he hasn't been able to get on the field. So relying on a backup to solve all your problems on the offensive line, that's a dicey proposition. I think what it does, his presence does allow you though to put other guys in uh, in their sort of their right positions, right? We get to slot in guys at positions they're more accustomed to playing. Like Warren gets to move back to center. You can slide Kern out at right tackle. James can move back in at right guard, um, which I think is a more natural fit than some of the positions they had to play last week. And then obviously against Georgia was a shit show because we were playing musical chairs against an elite defensive line. Um, so I, I don't think Williams fixes everything. Obviously Pettis's absence looms large and will even in our ball game. But I do think it allows us to, to sort of reshuffle the deck. Um, I, I don't know that we're going to dominate them at the point of attack, but I also haven't seen state stalemate any SEC team this year outside of what Arkansas seven, three game against Arkansas who didn't have a healthy rocket Sanders. KJ was dinged up and that was the game that got their offensive coordinator fired. So mm-hmm. you throw out that one, you know, that, that one piece of data, State hasn't dominated anybody in the trenches this year. Hell, they didn't dominate Southern in the trenches. So keep I think it, keep in minimum, mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, they had 205 yards against Arkansas. State did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of oh, offense. So yeah, yeah. Now in 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 comparison, Arkansas had 200 yards of offense. That's right. firing. Yeah. That's Iowa numbers that's right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think that's, it's a that's getting Nick excited. <laughs> I think it's a copy paste from the Auburn game. I think it may play out the, the exact same way. I hope the strategy is the same for us. Now, you know, against Auburn, you could argue it should the score should have been worse. We kind of took our foot off the gas late mm-hmm. and really were hampered by stupid procedural pen, penalties throughout that game. Um, it, it could have been, you know, three, four score game against Auburn, really. Uh, yeah. So play a clean game. You know, Dart just play his give, give us the Jackson Dart B plus B game. No turnovers, no penalties, or you know, few penalties. I know we all we're good, we're good for like yeah. yeah, let's limit the penalty. We're good for like four stupid holding penalties or procedural penalties a game, but um limit the penalties and I'm kind of with Ben here. The number crashing surprises the hell out of me. I understand people saying I can't lay more than ten on the road in the egg bowl. I get that. I do. But I'm just like, have you watched the teams play? Like, have you seen these teams play this year? The, I, I cannot get under 10. If the number goes under 10, that is a hammer time play for me. At 10, I'll stay away, I guess. But it does feel like it's like 35, 17 reps. It's a, yeah, it's a little yeah. low at 10. I, at- I just, before Nick has the floor, I think Austin nailed it with, Jaden Williams is not some, like, he's not Laramie Tunsil. It's not, oh, he's back, lockdown. But it allows everyone else to slide back to where they're most comfortable. And keep in mind, he hasn't played a ton this year, but Jaden Williams played a lot last year. So this isn't his first time, you know, playing SEC on the road. Like, he's done it before. Um and, oh, he's a yeah. quality backup. I mean, he's yeah, as yeah. good a, a backup at left tackle and, as maybe we've had ever. 
Yeah, and, and like you said, Dart doesn't have to be lights out, can't miss, A-plus game. He has to serviceable. 19 for 26, 195, 200. I think they're going to really make a point to establish the run game early just because I think that's important on the road. And Quinshawn Judkins is 67 yards away from another 1,000-yard season, and I think they're going to be able to run the football. Um, I I think they're going to attack the edges a lot, more outside zone look against Mm -hmm. State because I think they're going to try to clog the middle. But um, I just think the Ole Miss receivers are too good. They're going to be some free runners. Dart's going to hit some big shots. And State's just I, – I think this is – this has a chance to get out of control late first quarter, early second quarter, and State just kind of quits. What do they have to play oh, for? Oh, God. I mean, what, <laughs> okay, tell me. What do they have – are they going to be just absolutely geeked, fired up? To play for Memphis or Shreveport? I mean, they're they're geeked up to to beat Ole Miss, keep us out of an access bowl, get to a bowl game. They're okay. geeked up to play for their ATV riding coach. Look, you guys have made great points. Nothing that you said I, I truly wholeheartedly disagree with. If this were a regular season game, this is not a regular season game. This is uh, Mississippi State Super Bowl, and they're going to play accordingly. I actually – tend to think that Ole Miss probably covers the, the number. And it's it's like me saying Ole Miss is not going to win by 40 points all of a sudden makes me think like Ole Miss is going to lose. I think it will be a close game at some point, either late in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter. Ole Miss will be ahead by one score or less, a.k.a. seven or less points, and State will have the football. I don't necessarily mean it's going to be with – you know, a minute to go at the Ole Miss five-yard line. It could be with 15 minutes to go in the fourth quarter at State's own five-yard line, and then they punt and Ole Miss scores, and that's that's it. My point is, I think in the fourth quarter or extremely late in the third quarter, it is a one-possession game and State has the football. I just don't – I haven't seen a full game from Ole Miss away from home, a full four-quarter game. The game at Auburn, not a full four-quarter game. It was, you know, close to the half. The game of Tulane, obviously not a full fourth quarter four quarter game. We trailed in the, in the second half or in the fourth quarter. And then we know what happened at Alabama and at Georgia. I just haven't seen us put together even three good quarters, but definitely not four good quarters on the road this year. I just don't expect we'll do it. I think at some point, I expect it'll probably be in the first half just because they'll have some, you know, they kind of be playing for the crowd and playing for the coach and stuff. And by the second half, the talent will win out. But I think in the first half, we will look sluggish. It will be like a 10 to seven game at the half. And we're like, what are we doing here? And yet Dart's got, you know, some incompletions and we just hadn't looked great. That's my point. I don't necessarily think Ole Miss is going to lose the game. I, I really don't think that. But at the same time, I mean, there's been good Ole Miss teams that have lost to bad state teams. And Ben's going to ask me, oh, exactly when, but, I mean, it, it's happened in the past, and good Ole Miss teams have lost to bad state teams in Oxford. We've actually been pretty good in Starkville, which gives me a little bit of hope uh, just because over the last decade, I think Ole Miss teams kind of feed off of that like animosity that they get in Starkville. I just think it's going to be a close game. And uh, you guys' points are, are valid. That State has not been great at anything all year long. They don't have a great quarterback. He's been banged up. The running back's banged up. They don't have really good receivers. I get that. I just don't look at the Ole Miss team and say, we're excellent at X, therefore we will run State out of their own building. Because I don't think we're excellent 
We're a pretty good run team running the ball. I, I think we've got a couple of good receivers. I wouldn't say we're like an excellent passing team. I definitely think our defensive line has been, gotten weaker as the season's gone along. And I know you'll say, well, we played Georgia and Texas A&M two of the last three games, which is accurate. I just think that they've been worse as the season's gotten, you know, deeper in, in it. I don't think our offensive line's been great. Uh, obviously, in the last, uh, you know, couple of weeks, we've had a lot of, you know, injuries and stuff. And, you know, Austin's point about Jaden Williams, it's not just a guy who was on the bench all year. It's a guy who got benched. So, I mean, you know, we, we, we saw what he had last year and we thought better of it by playing him this year. So, I, yeah, I don't think State does anything great, but I also don't think that we do anything so exceptionally well that we're just going to run them out of their own building. That's all I'm saying. I think it'll be a close game. If the line, like Austin said, if the line gets to nine and a half, I'm probably going to have to hit Ole Miss pretty heavily. You, have we're, you... we're doing that thing too, Nick, where you mentioned defensive line. I don't know why. This is a, a trend with Kevin. We started the year playing like six, seven, eight guys on the D-line. Yeah, I feel absolutely. like the last two, three games, we're playing like five dudes. I feel like we played like nine or ten guys. or Like it was so many guys, it was hard to know. We almost had like two full units and some. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's like, the, like we've narrowed down who we're playing significantly, and I think it's, I think that's hurt us. I think we're, we look tired. No question. I'll throw out a name. I'm not saying he's a world beater, but look, he he made some plays earlier this year. Akilo Stone, where has he been? Like, what happened to that guy? I got him. He played in like six games. I know, like he's disappeared. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601-953-8449 and get your free quote today. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner, and as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play a round of golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall. Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. Com. 
The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I didn't know that a top 20 passing offense and a team that's third in the country in yards per completion is not a good passing offense. That's cook him. Oh, I said, we're not a great <laughs> passing offense. And I don't think we are. I don't think, I don't I think do is a good quarterback. I can't imagine what you would think is great. Like Joe Burrow. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> y'all think he's, y'all think we're as good as we were when we had Matt Corral passing the ball. Well, no, because it's a completely no. different quarterback. Like Matt Corral is all world arm talent. Jackson Dart is not terrible. We played one of the worst teams in FBS, and we looked sluggish for three quarters. So that off that passing offense didn't do great there. The week before we were at Georgia, we had two good drives. The week before we did well against Texas A&M, thankfully because their defense, uh, at least in the first half, fell asleep. And in the second half, what did we do? We hung on for dear life. Oh my gosh! Okay, this this this. Ole Miss has not played three good quarters on the road. Ole Miss has played how many road games this year? Four. Four. And three of them were against Access Bowl teams, one of which I Ole think, Miss covered. Sure. I think we'll do a, a lot two, of what we of, did. Two of the four games all. Ole Miss covered, and the other two are going to be potentially in the playoffs. Sure. Like, I think, well, okay, one. But I think we'll, we'll do a lot of similar Okay, the other one's Auburn. out I think it'll be a down, sluggish game. Like – Holy shit. Jackson <laughs> Jackson Dart almost threw for 400 yards against Texas A&M. Listen, this is what this is what I'm saying. It's, it's so hyperbolic. If only if I say Ole Miss is not 389 against the LSU. Point, therefore, I think Ole Miss sucks. 244 <laughs> against Alabama. So, 244? So, crown him. Crown him. So Nick, Nick. Oh, because... did you did you not hear the other two games that I mentioned? Come on, no, now. I didn't. So dark, dark can't throw the ball. Google some churches and start. So Nick thinks he sucks. <laughs> no, again, if I don't think that 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 like Jackson Dart is the second coming of Joe Montana, it's like oh, you, oh, you shouldn't think we suck. This is this is that classic argument online. People are like, when you say one thing, you said another thing. Like, no, I didn't say that. Like, no, I you said that, that our lead passing team. Only power, five, only power five program with three guys with 700 or more yards receiving, but just not great.
I had like yeah. 400 of those against UT uh, Martin at the beginning of the year. The only thing I think that actually sucks about the Ole Miss football team, and I, I truly, and I meant to mention this, I think this will bite us at some point on Saturday, is our punting is is so bad. Well, fortunately, we play Thursday. Oh, it is punt. so bad. It is so just bad. Don't yes, punt. Thursday, you're right. Yeah, we just need to not punt. But what I'm what I'm worried about is, I don't know if y'all have noticed the last couple of games, we've ran it out of the end zone or teams have kicked it short and we've struggled getting it back. To, you know, anytime you you run the ball on a kickoff and you don't get to the 25-yard line, it's lost yards, right? A couple of times we've gotten it to like the 10. The other day we got it to the 10 and then we got a holding called on us. So we started at the 5. If that happens in Starkville and all of a sudden we kick it from the 5, you know it's not going past like the 43. That's what worries me about giving State a short field early in the game and it kind of builds momentum because I, I expect we will have a bad punt or four if we have to I'm punt just, four times. It's just all, all bad I'm punting. Asking, all I'm asking for is to point to the game where we can say, hey, State played that power five opponent and I, I guess sans Arizona who had five turnovers. Other than that game, SEC opponent where it's like their defense stout in Fayetteville. They got momentum in that game. <laughs> I'm talking about offensively. Point to an SEC game where oh. they did. No, no, none offensively. But if what if they gave momentum Thursday? Uh, there's just no proof that that's going to happen. I also like, just don't. I think guess. It I guess my, my counter would be there's no proof good. that we're going to play four good quarters on on the road. Maybe you don't even need four good quarters against. Them. I was going to say if they're. I don't. No, I, I, Zach. You what you just said right there is 100. I agree with you. I don't think we need four good quarters. I just think that's why it'll be close late. I don't think you need four good quarters against MSU. If you get two good quarters, okay. you're probably going to beat how, them. I just think it'll be close late because we're not going to get the two quarters. But how close? Because you said you think they cover. So, like, are you saying 10 points, 13? How close? Like, like 28, 13, 28, 17, okay. something like that. So, well, I think we cover. That's not close to me. Like, I, Correct. We have I think different it, definitions. I, 20, that's a, 28 that's a, 13 the, for this Mississippi State offense might as well be 48 13. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, true. But that's a final score. If you told me it was 14 13 midway through the third quarter, I 100% believe that. Have, have, okay, okay. Look at the past Egg Bowls with better Mississippi State teams other than the 19 game, the Piss and the Miss game. When have we had them by one point in the third quarter? I see what you're like, saying. I think those this games team have been handled. They have but, been. We talked about that earlier in the week. We've been up. Ole Miss was up 38-13 in one game. We were up 31-13. I think the difference is this MSU team knows they're the underdog. When was the last time they went in as this big of an underdog in an Egg Bowl? And I think that's going to motivate them. They're playing for an interim head coach that they seem to like. Uh, they've got their quarterback back, even if he's not all that choice. good. I think they're going to rally around him. And I just I think they I think they are going to relish being the underdog, no pun intended, in this game. <laughs> okay. I think it's going to come out a little bit. I mean, we relish being the underdog in Athens, and you saw how well that went for us. <laughs> Nick, Nick, I bet you won't tweet any of this at Bo Wallace. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, God. I just I, – Nick, I get what you're saying. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't get what you're saying about the offense through the air not being good. But other than that, sure, it's Mississippi State, and, you know, things get weird. But at the end of the day, I think the talent – gap at key spots is too big. Emmanuel Forbes is not walking out of that tunnel. Who do they have that can shut down Trey Harris? Who do they have that can keep up with Dayton Wade, Jordan Watkins? I I just, 
And look, that really was critical to their game plan last year. They walked up and did like double A gap blitz against us for like the entire second half. They did. And, put, and then yeah. put their corners on the islands because they had NFL corners and we mm-hmm. could not do anything. We couldn't exploit them over the top. We couldn't get like we, we just couldn't function. Our our offense completely bogged down. They're not gonna be able to do that. Or if they do, good luck. Cause Trey Harris and Dayton Wade and 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 Watkins are going to exploit it. Like this secondary is bad. State usually has a guy at corner, not like yeah. LSU guy, but like usually a guy that's going to, you know, at least have a cup of coffee in the NFL. They don't have that guy. Yeah, yeah. They don't have that guy this year. Banks. Like, so forwards. last year you mentioned the, they, yeah, just man free. Yeah. Blitzed all second half. What happened? Ole Miss started hitting Watkins, started hitting Wade, started finding some things over the middle. And look, Mingo had a big drop. I mean, people forget. Yeah, like, yeah. we, oh, we probably God. win the game Malik, if Mingo just Malik catches the ball. What was the yeah. score at halftime last year? Like 20 to 3 or something? I don't even I feel remember. like we were beating them pretty bad at half. I, I could be wrong, but I thought we kind of had the game in hand, in hand at, that, at that point. At halftime last year, it was 16 14 almost. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I'm wrong. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Kiffin will be able to. And then we put up six in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Kiffin will be able to scheme up some things to get guys open. But I just, I, I'm really curious because I don't know who's running the defense for them. I don't know what they're going to do because you know that that coaching staff is well aware that they do not have anyone to shut down Trey Harris. So. How is that going to affect the way they call the game? Are they going oh, to? If I'm if I'm state's coach, I'm sending the house like the whole. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. You just, go out shooting. You go out shooting your bullets. Yeah. Yeah, stack, we're not going to play back. Correct. Box, make them protect mm-hmm. Dart and make him complete throws. Yep. But that's. But I think that plays into Ole Miss's hand because I think well, they're going to take yeah. their shots one on one with Trey Harris. They're going to. I mean, I think they're. Priest Corn has been much better in the last couple of weeks. Um, he's still hampered. Mm-hmm. He's still got the, you know, the the foot thing is still bothering him. Right. He he definitely looks like he can barely run, but he can still get open and make catches. Um, my my uh, one thing that it benefits too, that and that people don't really know notice this, but when you send a lot of pressure and send guys, sometimes you blitz yourself out of the play. And then mm-hmm. that's when Quinchon Jenkins has, you know, you can you can run past the run play when you're blitzing, and then that's when you break into open grass. So it's a definitely a a boom or bust approach. But I yeah. think that's the only way they're going to be able to do it. I don't think you can do the bend but don't break in a game like when you're not, you know, the sitting head coach when you're the stand in. And you've got really good linebackers. State does. I mean, Watson's a an NFL player. Um, yeah, he's an all. They've got really good linebackers. They've got a really good defensive lineman. One in particular, what's his name, Pickering. Um, so they've he's got awesome. some guys up front. If you send people along with them, then you can create enough chaos to maybe get a big sack, whatever. Especially with us having a a, a um, makeshift offensive line, depending on where everybody's going to play. That's their best chance. I, I just the problem that that arises when you do that is you 
like y'all just said, you put a corner on an island with Trey Harris. That's not a recipe for success as a defense. And I'm not saying that you Jackson Dart couldn't make a poor throw. You get to him before he lets go of the ball, all that kind of stuff. That that all could happen. It's just, can you do that for four straight quarters? I don't know. And and here's the thing to to Nick's point. Let's say they do get turnovers on the plus side of the 50. Can they punch that in? I mean, what when, when have they given any sort of indication that they can do that? Would y'all agree with me? Okay, just just going for common opponents. Would y'all agree with me that LSU now is a perfect game that they had against State, and that just happens. But y'all would agree that their defense isn't spectacular, right? I mean, they're just not. State ran the ball for like 50 yards on LSU. They threw the ball for like 120. They had like 200 yards of offense against LSU. Okay, the same LSU team that – I mean, the very next week I think we played them, didn't we? I think we played them the very next week and had 600 yards of offense. 700. So Yeah, okay. Semantics. <laughs> so, <laughs> point being is like, it's not just a, I mean, this. it's both sides of the ball that they've struggled. And, it, and they never, they don't have a game that you can look to, I guess, Arkansas, where they had 205 yards of offense that you can look to and point and say, well, actually, they really did look like the team there. Uh, maybe Arizona, but again, different quarterback, five interceptions. Look, if Jackson Dart comes out Thursday and throws five picks, we yeah, we're going to lose. lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's correct. Exactly. I mean, but we can't count on that. And, and in fact, to echo Austin's point about it mirroring the Auburn game, I, to me, having been at Auburn, sat with Nick, I think that was as poor as Dart has played this year. And we still probably should have won by three or four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, was definitely, the first half was his worst half this year. And and we had outgained them still by like 200 yards. Yeah. So now that goes without saying, you've got to punch it in. You can't turn it over. You can't get that way here at state. You know, you can't put the ball on the ground. You can't shank punch. You can't snap it over their head. Things get weird. I mean, we've watched Ole Miss upset opponents before that they shouldn't have. So like it, it happens. I just, there hasn't been a game this year that you, other than Arizona, I guess, I keep saying, I guess, because whatever, there's not been an SEC game this year that you can point to and say, you know what, State was really good that game. And if that State team shows up, we're beat. They just don't have it. I mean, okay. Final, final question before we get score predictions. Yeah, sure. Ole Miss is, okay. Mississippi State plays an A plus game. Ole Miss still wins with a C plus game. Yes or no? I, I don't even I think know what really an A plus game. What does an A yeah. plus game from State look like? And I'm I'm trying That's, to assume yeah. the hypothetical. That, that guy like, goes to my point just yeah. now on that diatribe. Like I don't know. Like, like give like, me the like, number that State puts up in an A plus effort. Yeah, like that's basically what I'm saying is uh, even with State playing quote perfect, Will Rogers what throws three touchdowns? Marks has one rushing touchdown. I think A plus from them is like thirty four points, like thirty five points. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're in, we best... we could be in trouble at thirty five. Yeah, oh, they're beating us at thirty five points. Oh, well, I mean, Ole Miss is dog shit passing offense isn't going to do anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so looking at their SEC results, their best offensive output against an SEC team was against South Carolina in what September. 
That was their fourth game. Mm-hmm. And that was 30 points. South, and that was on the road, too. They guess their Carolina's, future coach. <laughs> yeah. South Carolina's defense <laughs> is dreadful. And that's it, though. 14 against LSU, 17 against Bama, 7 against Arkansas, 13 against Auburn, 3 against Kentucky, 10 against A&M. That, and, and the A&M asterisk that the touchdown was a kickoff return. Oh, that's yeah. right, yeah. So, yeah. 3. So, they had back-to-back three-point performances from their offense with Kentucky and A&M. Yeah, I mean. And, and their touchdown against Auburn? To, Came with in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Because that, that game was a weird one where the whole game felt like Arkansas is going to score again to put it out of reach, and they just never did. Mm-hmm. Because it, the whole time it was like, I don't even think State got past the 50, you know, a handful of times. And then they finally get the touchdown, and then Arkansas, you know, shits their pants and since, loses. But Since October 1st, October 1st, so the last two months, State has scored 20 points with their offense against SEC opponents. Averaging five points a game in SEC play since October 1st. Now, a lot of that was without Rodgers. A lot of it was without Marks, but I don't – But it's against A&M, Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas. It's not like they were playing Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, and they're still not healthy either, by the way. I mean, they're better than the alternative on their <laughs> roster, but they're not healthy. And you compare that I say to... all that say it still is the Egg Bowl, throw the record books out, and we could lose. So, yeah, that's my it depends answer as a lawyer. Well, it depends. I mean, if you look at the SEC totals for Ole Miss this year, and we don't, we don't have to do the whole schedule. We'll just do recent. So, 17 against Georgia, it's – Best program in the world. They're probably going to three-peat. 38 against A&M, 33 against Vandy, 28 against Auburn, 27 against Arkansas, and then the 55 against LSU. I just think, sure, maybe <laughs> it's kind of funky early. When you say I, it that way, it's like that. <laughs> I mean, look, I, sure, it, this is an Ole Miss podcast. But at the end of the day, one team is 9-2 and two, and the other <laughs> – is five and six and has won one SEC game. So several of the Mississippi State guys I know would frankly agree with us on the, this year. I mean, I've heard zero from the one Mississippi State guy I know all week. Yeah. He's not he'd be like, man, I uh, ain't going to be good Thursday. I, you know, <laughs> something like that. I mean, just. Now, they'll still be salty at kickoff, though. Oh, yeah. oh they will have convinced themselves by kick that they're going to beat us. Mississippi State I, I can't down, blame them there. kicks I do a the field goal. Yeah, oh, 3 yeah, nothing. part of being a fan. Yeah. The text will be flying. But yeah. I think, and going back to kind of what we've said all year, the mindset and mentality of this Ole Miss team all year, they kind of relished – being in that hot seat. I don't think it's going to get to that point in this game. But I just think that this team, with its older roster, experienced quarterback, 
and a head coach that is going for 10 wins in the regular season for the second time in three years and a chance to win 11 games for the first time ever. I just think they're going to be able to be focused and they're going to get it done. That's kind of my short answer on how I think this game goes. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying 34, 14 on this. I like that. I'll give them a garbage touchdown and go 33-20. Yeah. Cover. I mean, it, what's the weather? Clear? It's clear. There's like a yeah. single-digit chance of rain, but yeah, it's fine. And I and I said this today. I think if it rains, that that's good for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I'll, go, I'll go ahead and say 27-13. Yeah, yeah, we're all right around the same at the end of the day. I, I'm going to say it's probably two touchdown win, too. So, I, I'm going 39-24. I think they probably – they they're fired up the first half. I, I don't hate that uh, analysis by Nick. I, I think that's very possible. And um, so, maybe 39-21, something like that. But I think, I think we just kind of continue scoring. I don't – I think this is one that – that Kiffin has circled to be honest with you after last year mm-hmm. and, uh, and one that oh. it's one of those deals where I hate to sound this way, but I think that dude's arrogant enough that he's like, dude, we, we should not be losing to them. Like I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that's fair for Ole Miss, but I'm saying that our head coach probably looks at certain sec programs, Arkansas being in that, in that mold, Kentucky, that sort of thing is yeah. like, there's no sense in us losing to those teams. And fair or not, I think that's his approach. And so I think he's got this one circled after last year. I mean, he keeps talking about 21 and two or 22 and two. That's one of those losses for our home mm-hmm. games in the last two years. So anyway. Yeah, I, th- I think, and honestly, if you're an Ole Miss fan, that's the mindset you want Kiffin to have. That's the mindset you want your head coach to have about this rivalry and about this. At this point in time, where Ole Miss is on the cusp of, I mean, look, if the playoff was already expanded, Ole Miss is in this year, and they're right there. Because you think there are going to be some other teams in front of you that lose this week, championship week. So Ole Miss is right there in that, you know, whatever, you know, 11, whatever matchup. And – your yeah chance to win 10 for the second time in three years and then a chance to win 11 in a big time bowl game i mean this is why you take the job this is why you're at Ole miss this is you know okay we're paying you nine and a half million a year well let's see some results well now it's happening this is when he has the chance to really step on mississippi state's throat and put them away yeah that, that's that's kind of i think that's I think that's this game. He's got to be able to do it. Agreed. Also, whether we whether we like it or not, you know, whether it's true or not, we could we could view this in a manner of you know, everything is going on resumes, whether that be players, coaches, whatever. I'm not saying that Kiffin's planning on leaving, but you you kind of have the college football eyes on you in the egg bowl 
And if you lay another egg this year, pardon the pun, after last year, you start, you know, the last the last thing we put on national tape is the Georgia game. And it's it's bad for the program, bad for Kippen's resume, frankly, if you go and lay an egg this Thursday. Because everybody's watching you just like they were watching us against Georgia. And so then you're like, and then everybody in the country is like, oh, well, they're frauds. I mean, they're, they may be nine and three, mm-hmm. but they just won a bunch of coin toss games. You just can't have that happen. So you've, you've got to take care of business. And I, and I frankly think that we practiced for state all last week, too. I bet we didn't prepare for ULM at all. No. Not a chance. Or we can, we can lock it. Sorry. Nick, any final thoughts? No, I just – don't text me at halftime and be like, man, why do we look so flat? <laughs> we could. They play four quarters for a reason. Why do you need to play four good quarters when one good quarter will do? I agree. And hopefully we just have a third and fourth quarter like we did at Auburn. Playing flat but still up (laughs) 24-10. That would be be fun too. (laughs) Think about everything that went bad at Auburn. We like dropped a field goal snap and almost threw a pick six, (laughs) shanked a punt out of bounds. (laughs) How many many times this season – were there points in games where it was past Ole Miss teams would have folded? LSU for sure. Down nine in the fourth quarter with what less than seven minutes to go, six minutes to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A and M. Look, Arkansas would have gotten Auburn. tricky. A and M for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. Two lane. Yeah. 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 Early on the road. I mean, I think that's where. And I've said it over and over all year, but I just think that, I mean, I was talking to a, um, a source uh, about recruiting where they were saying that they, they just think Ole Miss is, is wanting to continue to get older as a roster where you're wanting to continue to build that depth of we're going to get portal guys, but we're not just getting, you know, the four or five star that didn't play and they want to go somewhere else. They're wanting to add the the John Saunders, the the Isaac Uklus, um, you know the the players that played a lot somewhere, and it's not just a a redshirt guy that's just okay. Come in and like you learn the system, and maybe we'll play you in the fifth game this year. Now they're wanting plug and play, older, you know, fourth year, fifth year guys, and I think that that's really shine through this year in this Ole Miss team where. Like we said, there were plenty of times this year on the road and at home when it could have gotten squirrely, and it didn't because just a resilient bunch. I mean, all the cliches, but it's true. You can call it a coin flip or you can call it resiliency. Depends on which national pundit you ask. Um, Depends on which school. Yeah, yeah, what absolutely. Talking about. Missouri's just – they're feisty, man. Resilient. Ole Miss, just lucky. Coin flips. Um all right, let's get into uh, some picks here. We've got uh, a ton of football Thursday, a ton, uh, excuse me, ton on Friday, um, a lot of games, and then Saturday full slate. So um, if somebody has a lock, go ahead and fire away. Uh, yeah, I'll start us off. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State under 43. 
Uh, you know, if you look back at Penn State, I think if you guys are probably like me, you've seen two Penn State games thus far this year, the, you know, them looking bad against Ohio State, them looking bad against Michigan on offense. And so you think they have a bad offense, and that's basically what I'm I'm banking on here. Not necessarily that they have a bad offense, that I don't think they're going to absolutely, you know, run the score up on Michigan State, and I don't think Michigan State's going to do much at all offensively. The number's at 43. It started at 42 and a half, so it really hadn't moved much. But I think the Penn State's just so much better than Michigan State. They'll do what needs to be done. I don't expect that they have any reason to run it up other than to make sure that they stay in the top 11, you know, so they can get an access bowl. But I don't think that's – I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that's something like James Franklin's looking at, hey, let's make sure we get down to the Peach Bowl uh, for our fans. I really don't. I think they're, you know, their season's kind of lost after losing to Penn State or to uh, Michigan and Ohio State. I'm thinking this is going to be something like a 28-6 to game. I, mean, I think Michigan State's bad. It's at Ford Field, which is a place neither one of these teams play very often. So it'll be kind of interesting on Friday night. Um, they had that, you know, reason they had to play there because Michigan State doesn't host night games. I don't even know if they've got lights. But uh, yeah, under 43 in this game. All right. I like that one. So I'm on Vegas Insider right now, and it looks like the hard rock lines are delayed because, for example, we have, let's say, the LSU and AM game. Okay. Mm-hmm. The line everywhere is 11 and a half, except Hard Rock, it's seven and a half. Yeah. They've not updated. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to take advantage of that. But I wanted to call that out to everybody before y'all, if y'all were looking at the same thing I am, because the, that's just not, that ain't right. They probably wouldn't take it. Well, speaking of that game, I will lock LSU in at 11 if I can get a flat 11. Um, Yeah, I've seen 11. Hmm. They're still clearly trying to get Daniels to New York. And uh, they wanted to win the Heisman. And they kept him in late last week against like Georgia State. Um, They're going to do the same thing this week. They're going to try to pad the stats and run it up against A&M. They already sort of have a little rivalry going on. I mean, it's kind of a forced rivalry, but whatever. They do recruit against each other. And uh, they've had some interesting games over the last few years. I think Brian Kelly and LSU will be absolutely motivated to hang a number here. I do not think A&M can keep pace. Half their roster is no doubt eyeing the portal. Um, if Max Johnson plays, he's still banged up. What was the rumor? That was it a broken rib. Is that what he's got? Cracked rib or something? That was at the mm-hmm. this game, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if he plays, he's, he's not going to be 100% effective. I just don't think A&M can keep pace. I think LSU gets into the high 40s here, uh, plays Daniels right until yeah, the end of the game, until his legs fall off. So it's something like you know, 45-24 LSU. Yeah, I like that. I, I've got one. I And y'all may hate this, but I've got to take advantage of it. So – Let's go to Gainesville, Florida. I'm going to take the Gators plus six and a half. Florida State mm. lost Jordan Travis. He's out for the year. I liked Florida's backup last week against Mizzou. And uh, yeah. the quarterback, that guy's good. And he's going to be fun. Well, and I crazy. think that they can – now, I don't know that they can win, but I think they can keep it within a touchdown. And so, if I, I would love a, a flat seven – I'm not seeing a flat seven, but I'll take the six and a half at, at home. 
and take my chances and uh and go with the Gators. I like it. Yeah, no, it's six and a half across the board. And Plus, with the rank- I just can't. I can't do Florida State right now. I just, you know. Yeah. With the rankings coming out tonight, too, Florida State fell to fifth. And so, you know, th- that could go one of two ways with losing Travis and falling to fifth. You could be super motivated, come out with your hair on fire, or you could kind of be resigned to your fate. You lost your leader, your best player. You're on the outside looking into the playoff picture now with virtually no chance of, of getting in there. You know, they could come out and be really flat, and Florida could clip them. I mean, it is in the swamp, right? It's like, it's yeah, painful. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think Florida State's got the more talented roster and certainly has a better coach, but I just who knows where their heads are at. Yeah, but Sunbelt Billy could win a lot of favor with oh, the yeah. fan base by winning, yeah. you know. And look, in some ways, I think having the backup here is kind of is, is almost more of advantageous because he's going to just run zone read and play ball control. Like he's not even going to take shots down the field with that kid. Mm-hmm. They're just going to play keep away, which which obviously benefits you as the you know catching six and a half. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. Talk of Champions Podcast Network is brought to you in part by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. It's getting close to the end of 2023, and if you need to make year-end donations for tax purposes, call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, and they'll walk you through their philanthropic giving initiatives. Whether it's the Vault Society or Empower, both initiatives give you a tax-deductible way to support the Champions Now campaign for Ole Miss Athletics. Or if you're working on estate planning, call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation to discuss Forever Ole Miss. For further information, call 662-915-7159. That's 662-915-7159. Or visit givetoathletics.com. That's givetoathletics.com. It's the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Let's go to Huntsville, Texas. Elliot T. Bauer Stadium. We're going to keep it in the family here. I'm laying three with Middle Tennessee against a two and nine Sam Houston Bearcats team. I'll say this Middle, bad year, but Nick Vadiato, the quarterback, has kind of slowly built a pretty solid campaign. Um, They lost to a really good New Mexico State team, 13 to seven, in just a fist fight. And then they lost by seven on the road to an undefeated Liberty team that had to pull it out of their ass to win that one. They beat Louisiana Tech 31-23. They whipped FIU 40-6, and they won last week 34-30 against UTEP. Sam Houston's bad, and I think Middle's going to do enough offensively. Quarterback's good. He can run. They've got a couple receivers that can create some matchup problems for Sam Houston, and I think they're looking to – close out i mean they're three and two their last five i mentioned the two losses were to two really good teams i think they're looking to close out strong and only three against a two-win team i think that they can get this one done i mean maybe at five and seven they try to go for an apr score and get a bowl game probably not 
But I think they're going to close out strong. I, I like Stockstill and the Blue Raiders to get this one done. The quarterback's kind of fun to watch, too. Like, he chunks it around. He is, yeah. Saw him live mm-hmm. last week. He he had a really bad pick. Um, but uh, big kid. He's physical. He can get out of the pocket and, and make you pay. And um, they, they got they got some receivers that are that are, that are pretty solid. They're pretty big, um, and they got a couple running backs that that run pretty well. Uh, everyone's favorite number five, um, Octavius Mathers, is on staff there. Um, oh, so, nice! Uh, so they can uh, they can run the football, but yeah, only three. Come on. Yeah. Well, look, you mentioned New Mexico State, so I heard the stat this week. Over the last forty years. There have been four teams who were dogged by three touchdowns or more and went on to win by three touchdowns or more. Jerry Kill against Hugh Freeze accounts for two of those four over the last four wow. years. Wow. <laughs> That's – oh, that was – um. was that two years ago when Liberty had Marquise Willis or uh, Malik Willis? Last year. Last year. New Mexico State beat them, yeah, like, you know, at Liberty, like 45 to yeah, 10 or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was Malik Willis, yeah. Yeah. That dude knows yeah. Hugh Freeze's game then. He does, man. He's got Hugh's number. Yeah. Uh, my father-in-law said that the Auburn defensive coaches reached out to them about what they did to slow down New Mexico State in that 13-7 game. Uh, clearly, they didn't take good notes. <laughs> it didn't work. They reached out to them and then disregarded everything they said. <laughs> they accidentally deleted the uh, word document. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Go so, the wrong signs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> tough scene. All right. I've got another lock unless Nick wants to go since he let off. Yeah, well, let me go ahead and grab this one since this is the antithesis of what I said about Ole Miss. This is a flagship school going on the road to the state school. They're favored by roughly 10 uh, of, a, of a home team that's pretty disappointing. Arizona been playing really good football the last, about what, six, seven weeks, ever since they figured out yeah. the quarterback situation. They go to Arizona State. Arizona State is pretty awful. They're 3-8. and eight. Uh, Just looking over the last few weeks, they got destroyed by Oregon. They did beat UCLA and looked pretty good. Okay, you know, fair, 17-7. The week before, they lost 55-3 to Utah. This is not a good. This is not a good Arizona State team, and and Arizona's figured it out they've won five straight. Uh, their defense has actually been pretty good, only giving up more than twenty four points once in that, and it was like a backdoor uh, type situation there with Colorado. They're laying ten and a half, and I think this is a. I think this is going to be a beatdown. I think this is going to be similar to what you guys think Ole Miss is going to do to State. I expect it to be like 45-24, 45-17, something like that. Arizona is a lot better. They're nine and three. I guess maybe there's a you know a chance of them getting the the best non-access bowl for a Pac-12 team, and that, that's what they're going to be playing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good pick. Arizona State just hasn't been the same since Rashada got hurt. No, Before, they've been banged up, and Arizona's yeah, just better than they are, man. Arizona's got some dudes. Dude, they're they're they got they got probably one of the better one-two punches at receiver with McMillan and uh, Cowing. Yeah. I got some dudes that need to come to the cell. Fafita's fun, man. But like I said, he's like what John Rice Plumley could be with an arm. And Fish is a good coach. 
I mean, he he inherited Feels an absolute like disaster and has turned it around. I don't know why he doesn't get more play in coaching search carousels. Let's All keep right. it that way. I, I would not want him <laughs> at our neighbors <laughs> to the south. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. All right, I've got one. <clears throat> what what have we picked so far? I just want to make sure I'm not picking somebody's. LSU, Florida, think. Penn State, Michigan State, Arizona, MTSU. I'm going to take another home dog in the SEC playing an ACC opponent. Give me the Gamecocks of South Carolina. <laughs> Plus, if I get seven and a half, I'll take seven and a half. But, um, uh, yep, DraftKings. So, South Carolina at home against Clemson. Look, I think Clemson's kind of figured something out a little bit. Um, they they blew out a decent Georgia Tech team, and then they they won at North Carolina by either nine or eleven last week. Um, with that said, though, uh, I think South South Carolina's playing for a bowl game. They've got the quarterback at home, and um, I think I this think. is one. How many? And I, I, I may tell on myself here. When's the last time South Carolina beat Clemson? Last year, right? Yeah. Did they beat them last wow. year? Wow. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, wait, I think that was actually last year. Either way, in Clemson. But yeah. Um, um I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Gamecocks to cover. I don't know that they they went out right, but I like catching seven and a half at home. I like it against a Clemson team that's not as good as they have been, even though they're playing better here towards the end of the year. But with I mean, this is a little bit of a legacy game. For uh, Rattler, so uh, give me the Gamecocks. Yeah, yeah, I like he's, that a lot. He's already he's already teased. He could be coming back. He should. Even though yeah. I think he's going to be a good NFL player either way, I think he should come back. Beamer needs to be giving him like a game check to come back. <laughs> yeah, like give him like a bonus. I like betting teams, too, who are going for that sixth win. We talked in the preseason about how it, it does matter to some programs. Bowling is important. Coaches get incentivized to bowl. Seniors want one less ride with the team. You want the extra bowl practices. So I'm not saying it's an automatic bet on a team with five wins, but in a rivalry game at home, night game, it's going to be crazy hostile environment with a capable quarterback and an elite wide receiver over a touchdown. I, you have to play it. And the difference between that game and, and the Ole Miss game with Mississippi State, who's also going for its sixth win, is South Carolina has a coach. They still have yeah, their head yeah. coach, and they have an NFL quarterback. And so, you know, it's a little bit different than the than the uh, State game. Sure. Yeah. I, the number says it's different, too. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. this is hovered around seven. State Ole Miss opened at what, like 13? And got bet was, down. I think fifteen and a half. I think fourteen okay, and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I think it was fourteen and a half when it opened. I mean, that's a that's another line tells the story there. Yeah, that's a good Winter. pick. I, I think I, I picked South Carolina to win outright on a podcast earlier today. I think they can get it done. I wonder how many. Yeah, I do too. I wonder how many greater than fourteen point opened lines. So games that open up more than fourteen points. I wonder how many underdogs win those in college football. Like the percentage. Is it 10%? Outright win? Outright. I had the uh, I was actually looking at that low. number earlier. Somebody yeah. uh somebody make a pick and I'll find it again. Let me 
let's see. I'm just going to ask the question that we ask every week. Is anybody touching 27 and a half Iowa, Nebraska? So I saw it at 26 and a half, but in both cases, I cannot, I can't touch that. And I take okay. Iowa a lot. I play that hit. Let, but me, let me double check. I just can't. 20, 26 and a half. 26 and a half I, now. I can't do that, man. I, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that that's hey, just. Not, to me, it's. 17 to 10 doesn't, it, it goes over. I also think. This could go one of two ways now because I was clinched. Yeah, the big, yeah. The Big Ten title game, they could just come out and just be like, "Ah, fuck it." Yeah, I'm. I'm really considering locking in Nebraska. I think they found something last week with Purdy at quarterback. Uh, it's a home game again. This is another five win team. And as Zach said, what incentive does Iowa have to come out and bust their ass in this game? They're already in the championship game. Why come out and risk injury? And I don't know if y'all watched the end of last week's game at Iowa. Oh, oh, oh. They they acted like they had won the, the fucking yeah. national championship. Like it was a celebrate. They were crying. Like Ferentz was hugging his kid on the field. Like <laughs> it, it was, was his amazing. last game at home, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. What if yeah. Iowa just doesn't show up for the Big Ten title game? There's Dude, like, they may done. not. We're done. It couldn't it won't it. hurt their scoring average. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do that. For the sake of the bit, I can't take that under. I mean, what's the weather in Lincoln this weekend? Oh, uh, it's going to be brutal. I think the high is like 30 with – let me see. Let me find it. 34. You know it's windy if it's in Nebraska. 34 oh, Saturday, degrees. Saturday we got, we got snow flurries, snow showers. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Low Take under 26 and a half. Get, get big, son. That's, that's going to be miserable. I might just do it for science. That is an outrageous under. And I took, I mean, what, 28 and a half earlier this year? But, yeah. man, part of history, that Zach. is a critical half a point. Be part of history. Be part I mean, of history. 17 to 10 goes over. I'm just saying. Like, that's. Yeah, but this is what, crazy. If it's, what if it's 13 to, you know. It's going to be like to 8 six. to 4. <laughs> 8 to 4. <laughs> Is is four the most unusual number in football? Got to be Has right. Has to be. Has to. Be. Yeah, I would think. without a doubt. Or five. Five would be more common than that. Safety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, I don't. There's only one way to get there. Yeah, true. A return two pointer conversion. Ah, uh, people forget that. True. I mean, either way, four and five have to be one two. Yeah, for sure. Um. Austin, you got one. Yeah, give me – look, if they're going to continue to win and ultimately bump us uh, to a ball game that we don't want to go to, I guess we might as well profit from it. So give me Mizzou laying seven and a half at Arkansas. I just – Arkansas has been a dead yeah, program man. walking for weeks now. We got the dead cat bounce after they fired the offensive coordinator against Florida. Since then, they've reverted to their old ways. I think everybody on that team is waiting for the season to end. Pittman somehow is going to survive apparently, but I, they don't, they don't seem to be playing for him or showing any signs of life. So uh, I think it was just pretty good, man. They got a good quarterback, good receivers. Defensive line is pretty salty. The other thing is Drinkwitz is weirdly like he takes this game 
personally, I didn't realize he's from Arkansas originally, apparently, and also friends with Gus Malzahn, and I guess feel some kind of way about the way Gus was treated by folks in Arkansas. I don't know, but like Drekwitz runs it up on Arkansas when he can. I think he does here. I, I think this he's is an a, ass whipping. He's a he's a wonder boy. He went to Arkansas Tech. I had no idea. Yeah. So I th- I think this is like 38-14 Mizzou. I, I don't think this is close at all. It's a weird number. Um, it's not a real rivalry game. I, I mean, I guess they're sort of rivals now, but I think Drinkwitz is going to want it, and I don't think he's going to take his foot off the pedal. Hopefully he doesn't do the stand-on business shit at the end of this game uh, like he did against Tennessee. Oh, Pittman will break his ass down if he does. Yeah, on the other hand, maybe he will do it just so we can see that. <laughs> He'll hug him like uh... – Bob. Like, like Bob on Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Robert Paulson. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's <clears throat> go. Yeah, let's go to Philly. Um, yeah, let's do it. We're going to go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the link. Rebs are there Wednesday playing hoops. Memphis Tigers, your eight and three Memphis Tigers are going to play the Owls. I am going to take under 65 and a half. I think Memphis is a pretty solid team this year. I think that they have given away a couple games that were very winnable and had a real shot at going 10 and two. Um, I think they close out this season strong nine and three. You got to think that they are really vibing in that locker room after Fred Smith announced his massive donation that he's giving to the program to get the Liberty bowl renovated. I I think Silverfield, I mean, there were a lot of people around that Memphis program, a lot of fans that were, really off of the Silverfield train last year. And I, he's proved a lot of people wrong. Hennigan's a really good quarterback, thrown for over 3,200 yards, 24 touchdowns. Um, they've got some good players. Rock Taylor, almost a 1,000-yard receiving season. And Temple's just bad. They're 3-8. and eight. They lost to UAB, South Florida. They got blanked by SMU 55 nothing. And, and Memphis played SMU to the damn whistle last week in a really good game. I think this is a big-time statement game for Memphis. Get to nine wins, get to a good bowl game. Um, he's kind of quietly bounced back and put together a really good year. Um, yeah, I mean, give me like a 45-10 win. I think that can get me comfortably under the number there. No what's, the, what's the total CT and a half, good. you said? 65 and a half. 65 and a half. Yeah. But 65.6, sorry. All right, so somebody asked earlier, 10-point dogs or more straight up this year or 164 and 559 through like – that was through like I thought. Uh, That was through 11 weeks, so – I guess it's last last week. Yeah. So like 15%. 15, 16%. Yeah. 
Yeah, sixteen percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah, if you were betting them straight up, you would be down. <laughs> you'd be negative one hundred and ninety units. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Good Lord. That's a very very bad bet to bet on yeah. teams. Yeah. Dang, Vegas killing people in the games. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, think about what the payout would be though if you hit. It's like oh, plus yeah. three eighty five. So that Throwing tells you how. Robin. Yeah. Yeah, they're killing it. Also, have you gone the second pick? Yeah, I got Mizzou on the board. Uh, okay. If everyone's got two, then I'll just go ahead and, and toss my third one out there. Uh, this is Washington. Don't be too Washington. excited about it. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry here. I, I yeah. I I don't like any of these numbers. I think I don't know if I told you all that on or off here, but these numbers are just not intriguing to me. Mostly because it's it's rivalry games, and you know what you can do when you have rivalry games. You throw those record books. So <laughs> records. Uh, I just don't love anything. I just I'm, I'm banking on some teams that are just a lot better than other teams shutting like the bad teams down. And I feel like I've seen that in the past with Washington, Washington State. Uh, the last year's game was 84 was the total. Don't look at last year's game. Look at the four years prior to that. It would have been comfortably under Washington, Washington State, 68 and a half. I think Washington is that team that's just like way better than Wazoo. Wazoo has had some like good games at times where you thought like this is a pretty good football team. They've had some stinkers. And this one's in Washington, I believe. And I just think that Washington is just way better. They're going to you know, need to kind of maybe score some style points just to be sure that they're not like the four seed or something mm-hmm. in the college football playoff, assuming they beat Oregon. They haven't played great really since that Oregon game, but I definitely think that their defense is good enough to not just get ran all over by Wazoo. Uh, so under 68 and a half, I expect it to be like 38-20, 38-17, something like that. Maybe they'll fetty wobble. You say under 68 and a half? Yeah, I comfortably under. That's a lot okay. of points. Other than last year, the last five years, the highest was 53. Again, Nick, last year, 84, but we don't talk about that. Nick, this is your this is your Donnie Walter subject moment here. When you're looking at these lines this week, and you're like, What's that? The, are these the Nazis, Walter? No, Donnie, these men are nihilists. There's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> There's nothing to be afraid of with these lines. We're we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna finish strong in week thirteen. I feel it. I'm I'm skittish, man. I was 0 three last week. I just I have I either am like three and zero or 0 and three, and I just I don't I don't know which this week is. No, two two weeks ago you were 0 and three. You went two and one last week. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, I, I'm trailing Ben by more than I can catch up to. So the season's pretty much over with. <laughs> we're all we're all we're all in striking distance. Austin's at 19 wins. I'm at 20. Nick, you're at 19. Ben's at 22. He needs an 0 and 3 week for me if I get a, a win. 3 and 0 week. Ben doesn't give 0 and 3 weeks. <laughs> Ben's yeah, a 2 and 0 machine. Yeah, I make 18 gets, pars, baby. But, um, he gets a, but he gets a fucking yeah. push. Yeah, great goal. Yeah, push to, rest, to screw up the, the <laughs> season record. I uh I'm having trouble with my third lock. I I told I mean, you. I either want to do well, which are stupid bets. I either want to do Ohio State plus three and a half or or Utah minus twenty one and a half. Oh well, please do that one. Against Colorado. <laughs> just on just on principle. 
just just on business is what I want to do. Yeah. Are you, are let's you just on business? Let's just do let's do Utah minus wow. twenty one and a half coming off of a whipping they took God. Arizona. I'm gonna lay twenty one and a half against Colorado at Utah. Um, they will they're gonna come back and handle business at home. They play a lot better at home than they do on the road. Like like two different teams better at home than on the road. Oh yeah. And um and Colorado's dead. So uh, that that honeymoon's over with. Uh, so I'm gonna. It's a that's a big high point. If I could get 21 flat, that'd be awesome. But if I can, it's fine. I'm just gonna lay 21 and a half and 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 go with my gut. So give me Utah. See where Cam Rising said he's coming back next year. Yeah, dude, he's gonna, like, gonna start playing football again. Quarterback emeritus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's coming back next year. He's he's still week to week though. Yeah. Week he, to week. He's got definitely like seven, 28. Yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. This guy's all time QB, but he sees it doesn't actually play. <laughs> like, imagine if Jackson Dart played for Ole Miss for like seven years. Jeez. Kim Rising, didn't he start his career at like Florida or somewhere? He started at Texas, didn't he? Texas, that's right. Like- Okay. That's right. This dude's been edging Utah all season long. <laughs> oh my <Jeez>. God. <laughs> God. Hasn't fully soaked yet. Is this, I mean, <laughs> I just shake the bed. I don't I mean. Oh yeah, he red, red-shirted in 18, sat out due to transfer in 19. <laughs> so he's so old, he's passed the free transfer rule. 18? He's on that he's on that Mormon stuff, but he actually didn't go yeah. on a mission. No, his mission's just been there. <laughs> I love when I see awesome. these college football players like majors and it's like criminology. It's like what are you learning in criminology? <laughs> Dude, you know how many criminology classes you got to CSI take shit. seven years? <laughs> at, at this point, if Cam Rising's studying criminology, he's just in a they're just watching law and order reruns. Yeah. Seriously. Don't don't. <laughs> He's already seen. He said he's teaching criminology. <laughs> he's he's engaging in he's NIL. engaging in criminal criminal like criminal behavior. If he's gotten any nil this year, yeah. is absolutely <laughs> stealing. He, he theft like this guy. He crim pro like this is unbelievable. His, what he's, done. he's getting he's every getting, single he's week. He's like oh my god. He's writing a dissertation on uh, Sherlock Holmes right now. Yeah, illegal search and seizures. <laughs> He's he's working close with Guy Ritchie on the next Sherlock Holmes. That's an illegal frisk. That's it. No, you're right. No, you're right. I know my rights. Cam Rising's been at Utah long enough to where like they let him get two drinks at the bar now. They're like, you're good. it's fine. It's fine. <sighs> Man, he, he even looks old. Like when you look at it, it's like, dude, that guy could be the offensive coordinator. I yeah, he may. Guy. He's Charlie Weiss's age. <laughs> yeah I saw a good the, the, a good meme of uh, when Jason Kelsey was walking into the game last night and he had the Letterman jacket on and his flip flops and he's just walking with headphones on and you can hear this like deep sigh as he's walking and at first I was like oh man that's a, that's a dad like deep sigh that a dad <laughs> makes but then like there are all these memes that were like 
here comes the uh the class of 06 into the into the neighborhood bar on Thanksgiving break. Like <laughs> just like yeah. the older guys just and they're like, God, just give me a picture. Yeah. Get out of my way. All right. Who who's up? Me? Yeah. All right. Um I'm gonna take a dog here. Let's go UTSA plus three and a half against Tulane. Uh, Tulane just hasn't really looked right all year. They've they've been dodging bullets left and right against inferior competition. And then here comes Frank Harris, who since his return has just dominated. I mean, UTSA is putting up numbers against everybody they play week in and week out. I don't think that Tulane can hold up on the back end very well against UTSA's passing attack. Um, Harris and company are going to want this one. Three and a half feels like it's a little too much. I think this is closer to like a pick. I'm not sure that UTSA isn't better from top to bottom roster-wise. Now, Fritz is a really good coach, but so is Trailer. I just – give me the team that seems to be peaking at the right time against the team that uh, really hasn't found its footing all season, at least not in the way that we expected. They're, they're winning games, but Tulane just really can't get margin on anybody. And I'm talking teams like Rice. You know, these are not good programs. I think UTSA can win outright, so I'll take the three and a half as an insurance policy. Then you know he's wanting to play both sides here. He's wanting to pad that resume for this for the carousel that's about to get going, but he's also yeah. wanting to win for the seniors because he talked about how it's just egregious that people are not talking about these seniors and they're talking about him leaving for another job. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I am. Mm, just out of principle, because I can't do it to my boys out in El Paso, because things get weird out there in the mountains. I wanted to lay it with Liberty, because you know Chadwell is going for style points. Um, but that's just final game. I mean, what is – real question here for y'all. What is Liberty actually playing for? Nothing. They've got the championship game locked up too, right? Against New Mexico State. Are they, are they in an actual league now? They're not independent anymore? No. no yeah, they're in CUSA, but they are oh, playing right. for a chance – if Tulane loses their game, they're going to a, a, an access bowl. Liberty. Yeah, see, I'm like they're, they're ranked 25th now. As dumb as that is, they're worse than beating. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah, so I'm I'm back and forth on at UTEP. It is 2:30, so it's not like a weird night game, but long flight over there. You got the conference title game coming up. You still got to be undefeated, though. But, mm, golly. Um, you know, I think what I'm going to do is, as I talk through this with myself, I'm between that game and SMU Navy. Um, what are you thinking on SMU? I mean, I think they're going to drill them. 
Navy's defense has been a little feisty lately. I like the under yeah. there initially. Is it Anything. still 46, 47? What is it? Uh, it is 45 and a half, 46. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that Navy, they're not terrible. Yeah, give me Liberty. Because that's an 11 a.m. kick, too. So that's sleepy. And SMU's, I mean, what? They're in the American. AAC, yeah. They'll be in the championship, right? I think they've got a bunch of weird tiebreakers. I think it really, oh, it may. Three 7-0 and o teams. Yeah, it may be contingent on the UTSA Ooh. and Tulane result. Ooh, yeah. Because that, that winner goes, and then SMU, well, they could lose and still go. Right? Or would it be a tiebreaker with one of those? I, I think there are some weird tiebreakers. Isn't this the league that said that they would like, they're going to have to put it into like a computer? I swear that came out this week. I, I think it's the all, AAC. They're not all common opponents. Yeah, there's like some weird computer deal that's going to just like literally spit out the tiebreaker. I don't think anybody knows. Oh, my God. I swear yeah, I heard no, that. that definitely seems legit. Nothing yeah, bad will happen. Exactly. Because, yeah, because SMU hasn't played Tulane or UTSA. How does that – what in the world? Stupid league. Yeah, I think they're going to um, use I mean, honestly, the Dominion the voting machines. <laughs> this is what happens when you have leagues this large. Like, I, I mean, you're not – Multiple teams okay. not playing the other ones. Like, that's ridiculous. So, here we go. This is from Underdog Dynasty from uh, two days ago. So, the AAC scrapped divisions in 2020, altering its structure to send the best two teams into the conference championship. The host site belongs to the team with the best conference record, and if two teams share 8-0 records, the higher-ranked team in the college football playoff standings gets the nod. Tiebreaker is crucial to remember as the head-to-head tiebreaker doesn't apply in any tiebreaker since SMU didn't play Tulane or UTSA season. Wow. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, Yeah, just give me Liberty. I'll lay the points with Liberty. They're going for style points, and they're trying to go undefeated. Chadwell's trying to build a resume, and I can get 16-and-a-half at Bet Rivers, so I'll lay the points. Against UTEP. Yeah, I feel good there. Maybe I'll try to get vindicated after I got bit by Liberty last week with the total. Um, and 2.30 is not as sleepy as 11 a.m. SMU could come out flat. They had a big emotional win against Memphis last week. Um, I do think they'll beat Navy, but – I'm, it's just hard to get margin on the service academies because they can play keep away, you know, right. even if they don't yeah. score. And you said just, like their defense has been Navy's defense has been pretty solid. They're five yeah. and five. Like UTEP is three and eight. Yeah. Nothing to play for. Um, And they just lost a close one to middle Tennessee last week on the road. They got to go all the way back home. Yeah. Give me Liberty 16 and a half. Chapel's I like that. running up. Yeah, I think he's auditioning. And like like uh, Nick said, he's still got maybe a, a bowl spot to play for. Yeah. All right. That'll do it as we wrap up here on Hit That Line, week 13 edition, regular season finale episode here. 
brought to you every single week by the good folks at Homefield Apparel. Black Friday sale is going on right now. Be sure to go. And if you haven't already used your discount from OM Spirit, you can use that. TOC23, 15% off your first purchase. Or if you have already, no big deal. Black Friday, 20% off. Use code Black Friday at homefieldapparel.com before November 27th, and you get 20% off anything and everything at homefieldapparel.com. Check them out. Check out the Ole Miss collection. It is awesome. Get you a bomber jacket. Get you some T-shirts. Get you a quarter zip. All of that and more, homefieldapparel.com. We appreciate them being the title sponsor of this here show. We will have more next week as we wrap up. The regular season, we will do some championship week picks. We'll try to figure out a way to uh, get some picks in, and then we'll get into bowl season later on. So, gentlemen, as always, it was a pleasure, and we will be back next week. So, for Austin, for Ben, for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been Hit That Line. Till next week, we out.